Welcome to the Just for Kicks Daily Cutter 2022 edition of this podcast. I'm here with Mike. Steve uh, could not make it today. Um, he picked up a knock in training, but he did send along some fantastic stats that will get you through missing him for 24 hours, hopefully, even though I know all of you just come here for Steve. Mike, have you accepted that? Oh, yeah, obviously. I mean, I'm glad he sent us some fun facts to to spot. I feel like the kids are playing and the parents aren't home right now. Like, <laughs> I don't know what could happen. <laughs> it's dangerous when it's just you and me. It's really dangerous. You know who else is dangerous? The Socceroos, baby. You, you did it. Australia. Let's go. Australia. And I'm not, I'm not going to go there yet. I'm not going to ask you about their chances against Argentina because I'm <laughs> you might say. <laughs> I mean, hey, our, I took Argentina to win the whole thing, so this is, this is lining up quite nicely for me. This is lining up quite nicely. And things, on that note, were not lining up quite nicely for Mexico, who had to push for it late against Saudi Arabia, despite being up 2-0, because they were facing elimination via the sixth tiebreaker. Fair play. How many yellow cards, how many red cards they got? And before you say, okay, how many times has this happened, the sixth tiebreaker? Senegal, four years ago, was eliminated because of this rule against Japan. Mike, can you fathom going through an entire World Cup qualifying campaign, group stage, and your ass is at home because you got one more yellow card than the other guys? I, I don't know that I'd ever be able to accept that. I think in this case, because yes, there, there are six tiebreakers, and if they're still in a deadlock after said six tiebreakers, then it comes down to the fair play rule. So it is so improbable. It, it's insane. So to be completely honest with you, I wonder who on Mexico's side was the one who realized at that point in the game, hold on a second, we are level on the number of points, the goal difference, the goal scored, head-to-head match points, goal difference in the head-to-head match, goal scored in the head-to-head match. They drew, obviously. So who on the sideline was like, wait, guys, we got to score or Argentina's got to get another one. And Argentina was pummeling Poland. Wojciech Szczesny saved a penalty. I mean, it, it stinks for Mexico because everything that could have gone against them really did. But at the same time, they did put themselves in this position, scoring their first goal at all in the tournament in this game. And so, you know, on the one hand, they could have been eliminated on fair play rule and you go, Oh man, that's, that's awful. But at the same time, this is the first game they showed up. It is. Um, I would argue that they kind of were eliminated on the fair play rule um, because they were gunning for a goal that they wouldn't have otherwise needed. And for this to happen two times in consecutive tournaments for it to have such an outsized impact, Really heartbreaking, but you know you leave things in all sport, whether it's the World Cup, college football, 
you leave it late, fate, luck, and chance may not go your way. Um, but let's start with that blockbuster matchup between two teams that ultimately did make it through and we will be seeing in the knockouts. The theater of Argentina-Poland. My goodness. Chesney, man. I, we're really missing Steve. To, Sorry, I'm still not sure about that. Uh, Siri, <laughs> <up>, Siri, apparently. <laughs> Siri, apparently, thinks she's Steve. But I'm not sure I understand. I know you don't. That's why you got to go. What's so insane is one point in Arsenal's history, they had Wojciech Szczesny, Lucas Fabianski, and Emiliano Martinez all in the same side and all departed because they were deemed to essentially they weren't good enough. And then all of them have gone on to have really solid club and country careers, right? You had two of them against each other today. You had Emiliano Martinez on Argentina. You had Wojciech Szczesny for Poland. Szczesny was immense. He was absolutely fantastic today. But he, you got to remember, too, he also saved a penalty against Saudi Arabia. So he's, he saved the two penalties that he's faced. I think you've got a lot of confidence in the fact that Chesney had nine saves outside of the penalty save. So just a fantastic game from him. I actually think in a weird way, this may have been good for Poland because it was a wake-up call. They played about as poorly as they could in this match and still advanced. So now it's like, okay, they know what they've got to fix. And, you know, they've got some confidence in the back. They've got Robert Lewandowski up top. They've got my boy Matus, Matus Clu, uh, Cash on the right side. The artist and, known as Maddie. Yeah, formerly known as, as Maddie. Um, so it's interesting. I, I think that, um, yeah, P- P- Poland, you know, they, they, they could turn it around. Although France is, is maybe not the easiest opponent for them to draw. Another cheeky moment that is going to fly under the radar because he saved a penalty from Lionel Messi in a decisive World Cup match. That corner that Di Maria swung in, man, that was cheeky. And to be able to flick that out, I that's going to be one of the lasting images of this tournament was Chesney looking at Di Maria after attempting that on him and just giving him the thumbs up. And be like, <laughs> touche, bro. Touche. <laughs> The rest of the action from today, we had France mailing it in against Tunisia. Um, good for Tunisia. They got four points. Not expected, I think, by many. And then we also had Australia and Denmark. Mike, I'm in awe. Walk me through how you knew so well. You're the soothsayer. <laughs> what happened? Um, <clears throat> I was criticized heavily for taking Australia. I I had him finish in second in the group, getting out of this. And, you know... Mike's getting criticized worse than the Socceroos are. The Socceroos lose, and then, like, people come for Mike. Like, he... I, I think that's the phenomenon here. You have been the shield for Australia, and it's allowed them... To have no pressure to go through that. Like, I don't know. That guy's crazy. I'm sorry. You got your hopes up. We're doing the best we can. Mark Viduka's not walking through that door. Tim Gale's not walking through that door. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing is it's, you know, 
the World Cup is is a lot of things. And, you know, I talked about in our preview episode how Australia had no real superstars and how they were a team that felt like the, the, the total was greater than the sum of the parts. And so they, they played collective football. I mean, we got to remember, they, they took the lead against France. They, for a little bit in that game, Hell were, yeah, looking, they did. were looking like they could beat France. And then obviously, you know, France flipped the switch. But Australia, you know, they're, they're relatively young but have mixed parts. They are average age, just, just shy of 29. So they've got some good experience, and it, it's, in my opinion, a really solid age mature players and then they just you know they they were very workmanlike and so they they are making me look real good here just because they came out and performed how I thought they would just as a team there's you know the the casual fan can't name three players on that roster and that's not necessarily a bad thing they're going to be facing a stout Argentina team who knows what Fate lies ahead for the Socceroos. Okay, let's look at tomorrow's fixtures. Canada and Morocco in a matchup that, when this draw was presented to us, we thought unless something really, really wrong had happened to Croatia or Belgium, that this was just going to be playing for scraps or maybe an outside chance at a runners-up position. Canada has looked phenomenal this tournament. Morocco has it all to play for. How do you think that match uh, shapes up, Mike? You know, we, we talked about this group being sort of the aging stars against the young upstarts, and Morocco has proven to be able to get it done. And... I just feel like similar to how the Euros came a little bit too early for Morocco's young crop of players. I think this World Cup came just too early for Canada. I think Canada in 2026 will have a really, really solid World Cup. But I think Morocco wins this game tomorrow to ensure that they make it through. You know, nothing is certain. A win is certain. If they win, they're in. So that's obviously going to be their their aim. And I just feel like they have looked, obviously, the more clinical side. They're plus 105, basically even money. Uh, I think I think it'll be a really fun, exciting game. But I think Morocco has just got that that final bit of quality that's going to see them over the line and going to put them on seven points and, and into the knockouts. You know, I do too. And I think it's a real shame that this Canada side – He's been so dangerous and, you know, really outplayed Belgium right out of the gate. It's probably going to be limping out of this tournament with zero points. Um, Canada, you should be very, very proud regardless of what happens tomorrow in this man's opinion. (laughs) Let's move on to the other 10 o'clock matchup. We got Croatia and Belgium. Belgium. They just look like a shell of themselves. Even, even Kevin De Bruyne has been kind of pissing on their chances. I mean, is that a fair characterization? You know what I wonder? <laughs> this is like a terrible thing to speculate. If it's but, reverse psychology? 
Well, if it's almost like, look, De Bruyne wants to win a Champions League, right? And yeah. he said before this World Cup that he thought the Belgium team was too old. So I'm not saying he's throwing anything. He's but, not throwing the Kevin De Bruyne is not throwing. No, the World no, no, Cup. no, no. I, I'm not accusing him of that, <laughs> but I'm just saying he's looked so off, and he's usually the most consistent player around. To where it's almost like he he cares more about the Champions League than he does, you know, potentially making it to the round of sixteen and getting knocked out. It, it just doesn't. It, the entire team just doesn't look like they have any confidence or will. And Croatia is on the opposite side of that coin where they showed so much fight in the last match that I think I think they roll them this game. They're they're plus one seventy, Croatia is. And again I find that shocking. I do too. You know, Belgium, the Belgium line is plus one sixty five. So they are technically slight favorites. I don't get it. So Croatia, Belgium, Croatia to win that game. That's my bet of the day, plus one seventy. I, I just feel that Croatia has looked so much better than Belgium has. And I, I, I'm confused by the line. Mike, I agree with you. Same dynamic, just different amount of hunger, different amount of grit. I think Croatia rolls them too. Um, last, last note on them is they remind me of Italy in 2006 in that they had a very solid core of players who had played together for quite a while who were sort of at the end. Mm-hmm. and they're giving it the final hurrah. Belgium is kind of, they've already turned over, and it's time for the next new generation. So I'm not saying Croatia is going to go the distance like Italy did, but there are a lot of parallels. So moving along to our 2 o'clock matches, before we get into just all the things that could go wrong for Germany tomorrow, including being eliminated from the tournament. Costa Rica-Germany is going to be the first World Cup match with all female referees. Cutter, you got something right. Pat yourselves on the back. Can we do that? Can we, can we, can we golf clap for Cutter? Snaps. 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 You think Germany beats Costa Rica? And how many goals can they rack up to make sure goal differential isn't an issue with Spain? I mean... 20. (laughs) This is the thing is, and this is what is so exciting about the last days of of group stages is I think tomorrow you're going to see a lot of leapfrogging uh, in this group. And I also think that it's going to be insanely nervy. Um, You know, Germany's on minus one goal differential right now. Japan's on zero. So, Mm Really, for Japan, if they can get a draw, if they get a draw, they need to hope that Germany uh, doesn't get a win, right? Which mm-hmm. is very unlikely. You know, they, they they should obviously be able to get past Costa Rica, but at the same time, Costa Rica showed a lot of resilience against Japan. They soaked up a lot of pressure. So this this one is is very hard to call and it's like if you're japan what do you do right are you're playing against spain a team that you saw put in seven goals against costa rica 
Do you play for the draw and roll the dice? Do you push men forward and risk potentially conceding and losing? So I'm really curious what their, their psychology is going in. But the one thing that I do know about Japan is they are extremely disciplined. And I, I, don't, I don't think that Spain's going to blow them out no matter what. I think that you take Japan here plus one. Uh, so basically for them to either draw, win, or if they lose by one, you know, no bet. Uh, that's at plus 210. I don't see Spain blowing them out. I think Japan's going to keep it tight. They're probably going to try to soak up pressure. And then the second half is when they're going to go for it. That's, in my opinion, when Spain potentially scores a goal. Whereas Germany is going to be just absolutely pummeling Costa Rica. But with a 1-0 victory for Germany, if Japan draws, Japan's through on head-to-head. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's this is three-dimensional chess here because, yes. I mean, if Germany comes out flying, if, if Germany scores eight goals in the first half against Costa Rica, do Spain and Japan just, you know, handshake agreement at half? Yeah, we don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the wanna, thing, though. I don't want to know that because – they Spain can. could still go out. Spain could still go out of this tournament, man. So if if they lose to Japan and Germany goes crazy, Japan and Germany are through. So and Costa Rica, Costa Rica's not Costa out of Rica's it yet. Costa Rica's still alive. They're it's, all alive. I've never seen this before. I've I never mean, I've never seen this. I'm glad I don't have to make the pick, Mike. <laughs> What's how do you think this group uh, shakes out? Man, it, it it pains me because I love this Japan side. I think that Germany got a lot of confidence out of that Spain game. Man, this, this is so tough. I think Germany squeaks it. And I actually think it's possible. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. It's possible they, they win this group. If they win 8-0, then... They would. They <laughs> and it's a draw for Spain. We're going to be like hallucinating and we're going to think that um, it's like Bayern and Hans Flick has been replaced. <laughs> the the, By, the uh, German team, they, they just have so much talent and the game against Spain was so even. Um, so it, it's really up to Costa Rica. And, and I honestly think that Kaylor Navas has looked – a shadow of himself. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I get the confidence in, in Germany here. I, I just All feel the talent in the world, but the lack of reps, it'll do you in. Yeah. A hundred percent. And so I think, uh, you know, Germany is basically minus a thousand in this game. So I don't think you obviously bet a thousand dollars to win a hundred kind of thing. Um, but Germany minus three, at plus 170, I think is, is, is actually worth a bet because, and that's crazy that that's even a line, right? Um, but I, I, I just feel like it's going to be an absolute onslaught. So um, I've, got, I've got Germany going through. I do have Spain winning the group. I, I think Spain will, um, I, think it's, I think it's probably 
it's probably gonna be a draw against Japan um, because they know that a draw is enough to, to win the group. No, absolutely. And you know, the joke before this tournament was you kind of want to finish in second place in this group because you're most likely going to have a, a more favorable draw. So <laughs> it's, it's, it was just, that needle, man. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. You can't get, you can't get too cheeky in this game. It's, it's wild. So in summary, Mike, what are your best bets for tomorrow? What should the kids be lining up? Top bet is Croatia over Belgium plus 170. I would say second favorite bet is Morocco over Canada at plus 105. Sorry, Canada. Third favorite bet, Japan plus one. You can get that at plus 210, so that's nice and juiced. That's basically Japan to win or draw. I don't think they're going to win, and if they lose by one, you don't lose any money. And then it's just a little bit loftier, but the bookies are really heavily backing Germany. And so if you you back them to win by at least four goals, that pays out a handsome plus 170. And I could see that being a shellacking. So that's my one through four. Those are the bets you take tomorrow. So that has been our Just for Kicks daily recap of today's action, preview of all tomorrow's action. Make sure to subscribe to the Just for Kicks podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We have tons of content coming to you. Um, Check out our Instagram at the Just for Kicks podcast and Twitter at Just for Kicks FC. 